Have you ever wondered, God, do you still have a handle on my life? Maybe you're in a tough spot in your infertility journey, or you're dealing with symptoms that just aren't going away, or you have a kid who has wandered off course and gotten into things that they shouldn't. Wherever you've wondered, God, do you still have a handle on this? Good news for us today. He not only still has a grip on it, but his hand is all over it. Let's dive in. Here's the deal. On any given day, we think 50,000 to 80,000 thoughts. But get this, of those, let's say 50,000, 98% of them are the same ones from yesterday, which means we just keep thinking the same stuff over and over and over again, which is great if it's all true, all encouraging, lovely, praiseworthy. But with the father of the lies on the loose, out to steal your hope, kill your peace, and destroy your faith, my guess is they're not. I know you because I know me. Hi, I'm Heidi Lee Anderson, Christian author, cancer survivor, and social media content creator. And in every episode of the Trade a Lie for a Truth podcast, we're camping out on one thought and picking up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, to follow the voice of truth above all else. His name is Jesus. Because in his words, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You ready? Let's seize the free abundant life in Christ one thought at a time starting with this episode. You got stuff in your teeth. Stop. You do. <laughs> Real life. All right. So to kick off every episode, we play two truths and a lie. And I think just like I stumped you last time, I've got three good statements. No, actually, I think it will be easy. I think this will be, it should be straightforward. Which makes it tougher. Please overthink it. Don't overthink it. Okay, yeah, don't. Statement number one. I am a phenomenal reader. I have read at least 10 books already in January of 2024. Statement number two. I am a phenomenal buffalo chicken dip baker. (laughs) I may not be able to cook or bake a lot, but there is that dish. There is that dish. Okay. Third. I am a phenomenal driver. <laughs> okay, if you if you missed the first episode, well, I'm going to let Ty guess before I weigh in. All three of those you do so super well. It's really tough to answer this publicly. <laughs> Your reading is unmatched. So many books. Every time I come down, you're reading a different book. And I think there can't be that many more books in this series. I know. I could not believe that Ted Decker had like 25 books. You got through all the Ted Deckers and I thought, okay, that's great. Then we'll do something else. And then you found... Connellan Cassette. Connellan. Oh my goodness. And now... Yeah. And And now that was done. Now there's something else. Yeah. I think it's Tessa Afshar. Is that how you pronounce it? It's just good. So the reading is good. You're off to a really fast to start on the reading so it can't be that buffalo chicken oh my word i just realized i didn't do the lie (laughs) i came with three truths (laughs) you're not a phenomenal driver no i'm a phenomenal this was my ploy to get you (laughs) to admit that i'm a phenomenal driver and now i'm like two really good truths in there and you trap yourself (laughs) To be not a phenomenal driver. I don't know how to play this game. This is... Hear my episode with Sarah Molliner. I guess the truth. And then she's like, wait, that, are you guessing the lie? I don't know how to play this game. Doing it. I thought by this episode, you would admit this would be the day that I would hear. Well, the truth is you're a phenomenal driver. We have, is different, that lie? Is we that have different driving strategies and that's fine. We've been in about three and a half fights in our, our marriage and three of them are from driving. <laughs> Just the worst. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to learn how to play that game eventually. But today, we are tackling the lie that God's lost his grip 
on my life. Because I think we all get to that point at some point, right? We hear our enemy whisper this lie and we have the opportunity, like I say in my book, to give in to doubt or give God the benefit of the doubt. And in this episode, we are building on our very first episode. So this is part two. If you haven't heard part one yet, give this episode a quick pause and circle back after you've heard how I was diagnosed with cancer. Because now we are talking about how we met, which is such a fun story. So where where should we even start? I think you start with where you were at, just a two minute recap. Like you said, episode one, you went through how you got diagnosed and that whole thing. That's right. Okay. Here's where I was at. I had just gone through my first round of treatment and my hair was just starting to fall out. So I did not know how things looked. I did not know how my body was responding. I did not know how the future was going to look whatsoever. But my pastor at this time asked if I could share just five minutes of all that was going on. And to be honest, I didn't really want to. I don't know if you've ever been in this place, but I didn't feel like I was in a good place to share the good news. Just such a lie. So I ended up choosing to say yes, begrudgingly. And I shared that I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma and it for sure initially robbed me of peace. And day after day, it continually threatened to rob my peace. But I heard Jesus say when he said in John 16, 33, that in this world, we will have trouble, but we can take heart. Why? He says, because I have overcome the world. And actually right before before he said that Jesus explained, I've told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. So I realized real quick that while I had every opportunity to give into fear, I also had the same opportunity to give into peace. And that's in Jesus, through Jesus, by abiding, by dwelling, by like Psalm 91 says, resting in his shadow. And when I shared these things at my church, guess who just so happened to be visiting? The one time I had the mic, the one time I was standing before my church, the one time this guy also visited when he did not go to my church at the time. And by the way, if you are not watching this video on YouTube and you can't see our faces, I mean, I'm pointing to Ty. So Ty, tell me about that time when you first, when you visited that night. Yeah. So when we're recording this, it's January again. So I think it's, it was in January when that happened. So it's yeah. the 12 year anniversary right around this time. But I was, I think it was 27 living at home and you know had a good job but I liked living at home because my parents lived on a farm and I was doing you know, farm things and whatever farm things are yeah <laughs> I'm like very suburbia girl well if I couldn't have a wife and a kid I wanted to have some fate and goals <laughs> Have some fading dogs and cattle and do all sorts of fun things there and help out with the farm with my parents and yeah, my awesome. sister's living nearby. And so I'm overall pretty content. And so I was content doing that. And I was involved in a church up near our hometown. I can't remember exactly. It kind of bothers me, but I, I don't know what else we were doing. But I think we went to like a gopher basketball game, me and a couple of buddies, or we were just hanging out. And we're just like, hey, do you want to go to Eagle Brook? Because some of the other guys that we were hanging out with go to Eagle Brook. And I was like, oh, I'll take along. So that's where, where I was at. And that's why I'm saying it's God's hand all over this because I had no business going to Eagle Brook. I didn't need a church. I wasn't searching. I was happy where I was at, but happened to be there that Saturday night when you spoke. And honestly, this is my favorite part of our story. Really my favorite point in time of my cancer journey, my favorite story to retell of all time, because God could have chosen any other time. And now my 35 years of life, he could have crossed our path 
podcast when we both went to the same Christian college. He could have initiated conversation between us when Ty was writing up an article on me when I won Defensive Specialist of the Week. Super impressive, I know. Ty knows I rode the bench for quite a bit of my short-lived career, so I just uh, love to bring it up whenever I can. But anyways, back to the point of God's timing. It could have brought us together when Ty had visited my church before, because you had gone to Eagle Brook a couple of times. Yeah, just like, a couple. Yeah. yeah. So, but no, he waited until this very time when I was in the darkest valley I have ever walked through. This short six-month stint when I desperately wanted, desperately needed hope for a future. And when little looked good and so much seemed so bad, then God comes along and drops the best gift of my life. He gave me you. He gave me time. <laughs> Literally the best match for me though. Seriously, I'll, I always say we fit like a puzzle piece, like perfect puzzle pieces together. And this, this alone really has proven to me that no matter the evil that the enemy tries to hurl our way, Genesis is true that whatever evil the enemy intends, God always intends it for good. His goodness follows us all the days of our life. That's what it says in Psalm 23. Not some, not a few. It follows us all the days of our lives. So even when evil seems to be winning the day, we can know with full confidence that his goodness is still here. His goodness is still prevailing. His goodness will still be proven true because it is following me even now, right? Right. I wish it had happened sooner or faster. I know. I felt like everyone had already married off yeah. and it was... Well, and you were younger than my folks at our age. Probably getting nervous. <laughs> no. At that point, you know, we still didn't start dating for a couple more months. So That's right. We didn't even talk that night. Right. We didn't talk that night. No. After church, my buddies and I went out to dinner. You did your own thing. Probably we went out to home. Panino's, which ironically <laughs> you had worked at. Oh, yeah. Didn't know time but we went to Panino's that's where it struck me we were talking about because it, it was such a even though it was five minutes of the service that was like a, a huge part of it right because you you're just such a impactful public speaker <laughs> oh Ty uh, buttering me up we talked later with my buddies and they were talking as if the story was over. They're like, well, how sad. She's 23. She's got this cancer diagnosis. How sad for her. And I just felt this inside of me, like, just get so fired up. Like, that's not true. And I hope that that can't be what people are telling you because you need to be and you can be and will be healed from this. So then I took to Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> took my hands into your hand and let's I just wanted you to know message. right I wanted you to know that God is a God of healing not everyone believes that even believers not everyone believes that or stands on that and I've seen healing in my own life and I wanted you to know that I didn't want you to be a 23 year old dealing with cancer and not have a hope I wanted you to know that God wanted you well and that I was praying for you and that is totally like Ty like if you know him in real life even today I will think like oh so sad or that is so hard and he'll have to like Heidi have a come to Jesus moment like this is not the end of the story but I do want to stop there because I still catch myself kind of saying those things like oh that is so sad I mean there have been times when a friend tells me about a tough spot in their infertility journey or that symptoms they're dealing with um, aren't going away health symptoms or maybe it's their kid who has wandered off course gotten into some things they shouldn't and I've caught myself responding oh like that is really tough 
I am so sorry. And I do agree that God tells us we need to mourn with those who mourn, Romans 12, 15. He doesn't tell us to preach to those who mourn. So there's some sympathy, there's some empathy required there, but he is the God of all hope. And he actually calls us, like in Psalm 71, 14, he calls us to always have hope. And sometimes when we respond like that, we aren't necessarily just mourning with them. We've also lost some hope. Have you ever been there? When the Bible says, though, mourn with those who mourn, it doesn't mean that if they're hopeless, we also match their hopelessness. No, as the body of Christ, God actually may have crossed our paths with them on purpose because they need encouragement. Like I think of 1 Thessalonians 5.11, and it says to build one another up, always build one another up. And they need to be reminded of the truth, maybe in 1 Thessalonians 4.13, that's a mouthful, that we don't have to grieve like people who have no hope. So that means we don't respond to situations like unbelievers, like those who do not have the hope of Christ that we do, because we know Jesus, right? We know the hope of the world. So because of him, because we have direct access to him, because he lives to intercede for us, like Hebrews 7.25 says, well then, sure, we mourn, but we mourn with hope. And we speak to build one another up in our hurts and pain and grief. And there is a big difference there. Like I say in my book, P.S. It's going to be good. I mean, we are always called to breathe life and hope into lifeless and hopeless situations. So Ty did reach out. Let's go back to that too. I love that part of his message because when he said God wants you well, I actually had never heard that phrase before, sadly. Like I knew suffering was coming as a Christian. I had read plenty of Bible verses that said to expect trouble, like even that one in John that I quoted. But I misinterpreted those verses to mean that God wanted me to suffer. As in like, he delighted in it. He was glad for it. And yes, he brings his good purposes out of it. Always, always, always. I don't know who needs to hear that today, but you can flip over to one particular story that specifically shows us the heart of God in light of our pain. It is one of my absolute favorite stories of all time. I often return to it actually whenever I face symptoms myself and when loved ones are dealing with health issues or I'm just scared. And it is the story of good old Lazarus. His sister Martha actually lands my favorite chapter in my book. But if we would put ourselves in our shoes for a minute, And you are close friends with the one who calmed storms, who gave sight to the blind and brought hearing to the deaf. What would you do when your brother just laid there like deathly sick and things were not looking good? He would send out an SOS, right? And this is exactly what Martha did. She scrambles to send out a message flagged with high importance. Lord, your dear friend is very sick. That's what John 11, 3 says. Now notice, I love how Craig Rochelle says this. She doesn't even mention Lazarus's name. Like it's as if she knows Jesus will know exactly who she's talking about. And then she waits, right? And we know there's only crickets to show for it. Hours drag by with no word back. And she is so confident that he will show up. But he doesn't. And it is when Lazarus takes his last breath and Martha watches her brother go still, her heart just must have sunk. We can feel it, right? Yet fast forward to when Jesus finally does come to town and he takes in the scene of the sisters crying and his friend in a tomb. What does John eleven thirty five 35 say? It is the shortest verse in the entire Bible. So if you have not memorized a Bible verse yet, let this one be the one you start with. But it is just simply Jesus wept. And I want you to know that the same goes for you. 
that he sees you crying over your period when you were hoping for a positive pregnancy test instead. He sees you up all night, soaking your pillow with tears, heartbroken over your cold marriage or your wayward child. He sees you bawling over your finances, an abandoned friendship or a hard diagnosis. And guess what? He doesn't take it lightly either. He isn't callous to your grief. He isn't annoyed by your breakdown. And he's not indifferent to your disappointment either. No, the Bible tells us that God cares and he wishes sin and death or whatever thing you are struggling with was not a part of the picture either. That's exactly why he sent his son to conquer it with sure plans really to destroy it forever. But what I love about this story, what I want to wrap up with this story is above all else, Jesus, yes, is our sympathetic high priest. We know that from Hebrews 4.15, but we also know him as our sovereign God. Like even while Jesus was weeping with Martha, he still knew full well what he was going to do for Lazarus. And guess what? He knows exactly what he's going to do with your situation. And he knew what he was going to do with my situation too. And so the very finale of the story is when he arrives at the tomb and he gives the order, roll the stone aside. He turns to Martha and this verse is kind of a punch in the gut to me personally, but in John 11, 39 and 40, he says, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? And Jesus tells his buddy then to come on out and behold, many eyewitnesses, Lazarus indeed walks out, hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face still wrapped in a headcloth. And I can just imagine everyone's mouths are just wide open, jaws dropped. And so we see when we stand facing the grave of what should have been today, let's not forget the one who is standing right next to you, who wants you well, like Ty said, who is not pleased at your plight. And he is still wanting the best for you. He still has the best for you. He's the resurrection and the life. And for those who believe, we too will see the glory of God prevail no matter how today looks. Amen. Hello. I'm a little hot up. Okay, but what's next in our story? So you sent me that message and people always wonder, like, was it immediate or what happened? Well, you had a lot going on. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Just a little bit. I wish it was more immediate. I mean, so we messaged for a few months, but there would be times where I wouldn't hear from you for seven days, 10 days. Have you ever seen those memes where it's like, I'm the type of person where I will either respond to you immediately that very second, or you will not hear from me for a month. Yeah. <laughs> that is as kind of how I am. And I got a taste of that. Very inconsistent in your messaging. Even today, <laughs> I, I don't so- feel bad about it now. If any of you have messaged her, they're just sitting there on the red. So sorry. So we messaged back and forth. And I think at times I thought, you know, if there's ever a chance, I would love to pursue this girl. And then I'd not hear from you. And then I would hear from you. And so I think that went back and forth. But we just got to know each other more and more over Facebook messages until May. That's funny to think about. It was months and months, not just like a couple weeks. Like I said, you had things going on. You're doing chemo. You're getting healed. You're still working. I'm always amazed that they told you not to work, right? I know, because I worked with kids. It's like a germ fest. <laughs> if someone's a little more... Uh, germ phobia. No. <laughs> say aware of where germs are carried. And I'm like the exact opposite. It's like, you drank that? I would still like a sip of that. You, yeah, yeah. You you had every excuse not sure. not to be at church, but you chose to be there. And I know you talked about you would come home exhausted. 
right? Because you're yeah. doing chemo and just fighting and battling and your body's exhausted and you go do this high energy job with all these kids that you'd have to teach and perform for. <laughs> and jump around yeah. leading worship. Those are the good old days. And meanwhile, you're losing your hair and all this stuff. Totally get it. But I think our messages got more and more frequent and we you know, knew each other a little bit more. And I finally asked for your phone number and then we communicate a little bit on the phone. But I asked you out for a date and it was May 17th of that year was our first date. How fun was that? So our first date, he picked me up. It was my first week into radiation. So I just finished chemo. I was on my first week out of six weeks for radiation. I would go in every day during my lunch break. It's just a quick zap. <laughs> 10 minutes in and you are out and back to real life. But I, I will always remember that because I'm wearing a wig and you showed up in your truck, knocked on the door. My roommates all surrounded, looking out the window. Who's this guy? And it was just so fun to live life normal and to have something so exciting in the midst of something really could be scary. Yeah, super fun for me. I remember it vividly, but the first time I, you know, our eyes connected, that was love at first sight for me. Like that was, I knew then. You asked people like, do you believe in love at first sight? Some do, some don't. I definitely know it exists because I've experienced it. But it was like, oh, oh, this is it. And that was just like fairy tale from there. And I am just a person who hates awkward silences. Just really any silences are awkward for me. They don't even have to be awkward to other people. So I just remember when he was standing on that doorstep and we were locked eyes. He was just staring at us like, this is either going to be a fun night or a long night. Okay, well, and then that night we went on for coffee. I never drank coffee. I hated coffee. First of all, I want to say too, you jumped in the pickup truck, right? And immediately, I don't use the air conditioning. And you just How does he it, not use the air conditioning? <laughs> you just put it on full blast. Oh, I was sweaty. I was pitting out. I was like, whoa, here we go. Oh man, you wanted to sit in it like a sauna and I could not deal. So we went down to Grand Ave. You were like, yeah, let's do a coffee date. And I knew he hated coffee. So I marched right up to the barista and I said, this guy would love a large cup Makes of me pay for a large coffee I can't <laughs> handle. It's so fun, Zebra you guys. mocha. Good old days of sugar. Be- Ignorance is bliss. And we walked around up and down Grand. Three and a half hours we up walked and up down. and down. Just talked, got to know each other. And I just feel like the rest is history at that point, right? For sure. I mean, I remember driving back to drop you off. And you had said that. You didn't think I knew where I was going. I was taking the long way home because I didn't want the night to end. To <laughs> look I'm like, oh, a guy who won't ask for directions. <laughs> all right. So with all of that being said, we tackled the lie today that God has lost his grip on my life. And we see not only through Bible stories, but we've also seen through our own. I've also seen through my own that even when it appears that way, when it feels like the enemy is winning, when it feels like evil is winning over good, we know for certain that God is not done, that he is certainly in our midst, that he is with us, that he is sympathizing, but he also has a handle on it. And he is going to make sure that Romans 8, 28 prevails, that he will use all things, all the good and the bad for his glory and your good. He is so good to do both of those. Any final words, Ty? Well, just as an added encouragement, usually that doesn't happen as quickly as we want it to. Slowly. 
things turn and you start to see. So really hang in there. Yeah, because I always think of Joseph's story. When we read in Genesis 50, when he's able to look back on his entire life and that infamous quote that we all know, whatever evil was intended against me, God used it all for good. And he said it was for the saving of many lives. Well, he actually was able to say that decades after he was unjustly sold from his brothers, after he was unjustly thrown into prison. All of it, it took decades until he could see God's goodness prevail, but he was able to see it. And us too, we will see God's goodness in the land of the living. The land of the living is today. It is now. That is a promise from God's very word. So we can hang on even when it looks bad. He has not lost his grip on your life. His hand is actually all over it. Amen. Are we doing the lightning questions? Yeah, let's do some lightning round questions. I haven't heard these in advance. Nope. You I'm always no nervous about this. I've got a few that push the boundaries. I don't know if I'm going to ask them or not. Okay. Oh, I know how my guests feel when I do this to them. <laughs> all right. If you were going to be a missionary, what country would you like to serve? Um, United States. <laughs> it's a country and we need missionaries here. That's can I get an amen? That's acceptable answer, but can you do a different one too? Canada. Yeah, okay, you're sticking very close <laughs> to North America. Do you have a spiritual goal or, or word for the year as being that it's early in the, the calendar year? Have you come up with any spiritual goals? So here's the deal. I used to pick a word, right? Every year, it seems as if that is the Christian thing to do. A few years back, your mom had actually given me a necklace that had the word faith in it. And so that year, that was the word I chose, faith. And honestly, every year after that, I'm like, how can I choose another word above that? Because if I seek first God's kingdom, like he tells us to, then everything else will be added to us. And I have just realized in my life, if I can just keep my eyes on God, if I can just keep my faith strong in him, in his power, well, then everything else will fall into place, right? And so I have not deviated from that. And now I've thrown the whole word thing out and just kept that verse as the forefront. What's the verse that says the greatest of these is love? Mm, is that in first corinthians like love is patient love is kind i don't know is that a lightning question no i was just well, oh, what's bible trivia or what who <laughs> said how could you get a word better than faith when oh, you're saying love whoa tight really throw a curveball was jesus ever sick my buddy asked me this the other day and I started down a path and then I zigzagged back and forth. That's a good question. Is it? Because I don't, you don't read about it. And I'm so I'm not going to assume he was. I mean, but it does say in the Bible that he experienced everything that right. we experienced. He experienced everything a human experience. Okay, well, so would he be sick? Would he not? And how frustrating. I hate when I have the sniffles. Of the minor oh, I know level. you do. Oh, I know. <laughs> No, I know you do that. And how frustrating if he had a cold and then knew that he could just kill it. I've never thought of that. Well, food for thought for you today. Let us know in comments what you think. Are you early or late service? Well, you forced I, me I to know, be early. I know, but if you, if you had your choice. Oh, late. You would go oh, late. late. Life is too short not to sleep in. Six o'clock Saturday mm -hmm. night service uh -huh. or a nine or 11 on Sunday, which is Ooh, your our church. One. Our church does not have Saturday nights, but goodness gracious, would I love one. Yes, would I would a do Saturday a four o'clock. Yeah. Oh, I loved that four o'clock Saturday. Right. It's a little early, but okay. Then you go out to dinner or you have dinner at home and then you have a night to just kick back and watch a movie. My preferred church service time, and no one ever does this, I would do an 8 p.m. Saturday night. Whoa. <laughs> no one ever does this because that sounds like a, I don't know, kind of a bad idea. Uh, <laughs> last one. Which book of the Bible have you read more than any other? Oh, 
I think it has to be the Psalms. That's 150. I know, but even like this last week, I've just gone through Psalm by Psalm by Psalm. I'm going to go with Psalms. I love them. They're so good and comforting and encouraging. And it's like David had my own journal, it seems like. Great job, you pass. Well, there it is. Thanks for joining us for Trade a Lie for a Truth. And we'll see you next month.